You are now tuned in to the High History Podcast with your host, the great Stonedrag. History Podcast. I am your host, the great Stone the Dragon. And on today, we're going to be talking about somebody very special. Oftentimes, when we think about the classical period in music, we like to think about composers such as Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, or we like to think about Ludwig von Beethoven, or Joseph Haydn, or Franz Schubert, and many other classical greats. But this person was intentionally erased from history isn't that crazy intentionally erased from history and not discovered until 200 years later after his death and this person is joseph bolon now let me tell you something joseph bolon was born on christmas day in 1745 in bastard guadeloupe shout out to my west indians his mother, Miss Annanon, was a slave, and she belonged to Georges de Boulogne de Saint-Georges, correct? So, she was said to be the most beautiful woman on the island, a beautiful black queen, if you will, Ochun embodiment, if you choose to go further. The master said, okay. This is my mistress. I'm going to have a son through her. And he did. And this son was Joseph Bolon. So Joseph Bolon is black. Now his father had loved his son so much. Um, and he wanted him to become a French gentleman. So he comes up with the scheme to take his son his mistress, and his wife to Paris to raise his son to be the best French gentleman that he could be. But also, there was a duel that occurred, like a shooting duel, with the father and somebody else in Guadeloupe. And he killed the other man. The father killed the other man, and he had to flee anyway. So this all worked out perfectly for him. While the son, Joseph Boulogne, was in Paris, his father became a gentleman of the king's chamber. And so he was charged with teaching his son how to be a gentleman. One of the things that gentlemen at the time in Paris did was fence. So at the age of 13, he enrolled Joseph in the Academy of Nicolas Tessier de la Boissière. It was a fencing academy. And he was whooping ass. He was whooping ass so much that everybody 
who in the fencing world was like, huh, I could be the black man. And then he would go and say, okay, I accept your challenge. And they'd, and they'd fence. And it would get to the point where he almost killed them because back in the day, you know, they had rapiers and um, they ain't had like tips or nothing like that. So it was just straight sword. So he would fence them and he would win and he would beat them, but he would do it to the point where he almost killed them, but came inches away from their main arteries. Crazy. He was said to only have lost one fencing match and the guy he fenced encouraged him and said, damn, I ain't never seen nobody fence like that before in my life. So he was good at fencing and he was also good at boxing. He could beat niggas up. One time he was leaving, uh, he was leaving somewhere with his friend and secret police had tried to beat him up. But him and his friend fought them off. All six of them. Ass whoop. That was Joseph Boulogne. And everybody hated him for it. It was like, ooh, I can't stand that nigga. You have to understand that at the time France had slaves. And most of Europe's views against black people um, were racist, to be frank. They thought they were superior. It was white supremacy. So the fact that Joseph was going into Europe... And he was excelling in all of these things that that the French white gentlemen should be excelling at. It angered them, but they couldn't say anything because of his father, who was a gentleman of the king's court. They couldn't say anything to him. He did what he wanted. And so he was good at boxing, running, ice skating, swimming and shooting. And he was so good that President John Adams from the United States, racist-ass United States, looked at him and said, this is the most impressive person I've ever seen in Europe right now. That's what he said. And so he's getting hot, and he has this one duel, uh, one fencing duel, Alexander Picard. Picard says, you know, I could beat him, and he's taunting him, and you know, making, making racist jokes. And, you know, he, you know, Joseph was chilling, you know, like he didn't even have to do all that. And so he beat Picard. But after he beat Picard, he was like, all right, I got to chill now before they come and they, you know, take retribution against me because I am black. So after he gets done with fencing, he decides, okay, I'm going to take my talents to music. He was a violinist and he could play the harpsichord. And so he he would come to train under notable composers um, such as Loli and Gossec and Leclerc. And his first composition was a set of six string quartets, which was inspired by Haydn. And so he does this and he excels at music and he becomes a classical music star. Everybody loves his compositions. At first, he starts off by playing in the orchestra lead violin, something that was never done at the time. A black man never led a violin section in, in Paris before. He was breaking the color barrier, and then he decides, okay, I want to go into conducting. And so as he's conducting, 
he does um, these little gigs here and there, um, he becomes a Freemason. And he was France's first black Freemason. And the orchestra he conducted was suffering financial hardship. But because he was a Mason, the Freemasons allowed him to be financially stable as long as he named his orchestra out of their lodge, the Lodge Olympique. And so he names his orchestra Le Concert Olympique, and he becomes a 33rd degree Mason. And if you know anything about Masonry, 33rd degree is the highest degree you can go. Wink, wink. And so he's doing all of this and he's becoming successful. He has his own orchestra. He's a Mason. You know, he's getting the women whoop de whoop. And um, he was set to be the queen's choice to be the next director of the Paris Opera. He was going to conduct the Paris Opera. He was going to direct it, do all the acting. Once again, almost breaking history with this one. And he abandoned conducting for it. He bet all of his money on this thing because the queen liked him. And the queen had told the king, I want you to pick him. And naturally, everybody knew the king was going to pick him. But there were three prima donnas in the opera, in the Paris opera. And they wrote a letter to the king saying, our conscience cannot compel us to be under the direction of a black man. So knowing the attitudes at the time, the king is facing a lot of pressure. But then Joseph resigns his name from the audition. And he took another role conducting a minor opera instead. When he did this, the king was like, well, if he ain't going to get it, then I guess ain't nobody going to get it. So the role went to nobody. And for the longest time, the Paris Opera did not have a director. All because Joseph Boulon, a black man, a black man, could not have the position without the people's dissent. Crazy. So he would still, you know, conduct and he would go on to compose these pieces. Um, and most of his pieces are characterized by um, leaps. Um, and they're common in his music, um, odd bowing for, for violins and violas and different things like that. Uh, he was very technical and his style was said to influence Mozart and Mozart's a, a young lad at the time and Mozart's composing, but Mozart got his influence from Joseph Boulogne. Now, Joseph was also in the military. And in the military, he gained rank. And they changed his name from Joseph Boulogne to Le Chevalier de Saint-Georges. So everybody knows him now as Le Chevalier de Saint-Georges. While he's doing this, he's getting his fame. He's in the military. He's, you know, big dog. He's a composer. He can fence, do all this stuff. He's at a dance one day, and he meets the wife of... A French general and he's dancing with her you know whoop de whoop talking and they end up having an affair and this affair would result in a child now when the 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 woman had the child 
it came out black. And so the general flipped out and ordered the baby to be killed. And when 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 Saint George found this out, he lamented. And he composed his very famous violin concerto in D major, opus three, number one, movement to Adagio. And so he was composing music out of his pain, out of what he was going through, um, his experience with his race, but he was doing it and nobody knew. Everybody's just like, wow, this is beautiful music and they're loving him for it. But because he's mad about how his race disadvantages him, he decides, okay, I'm gonna get into politics. While he got into politics, he would be promoted again to an officer, but this time in the French Revolution. And in the French Revolution, he leads a troop of 1,000 black Frenchmen in a war against the Austrians. And he off because he can box, he can fence, he can shoot, he can do all of this stuff. Whooping ass in the French Revolution. And he claimed victory over the Austrians at, at Lille. Um, and he also stopped a treason of Dumouriez. There was this guy named Dumouriez. He was going to go and he was going to he was going to snitch and and tell the Austrians where the French were going to be. And so Saint-Georges said, OK, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody you're going to do that. But then what he do? He went right back to the French. He was like, yo, he's going to do that. You better w watch out for him. Get your man. Get your man. And so he stopped that and he became a hero. He became a war hero. He beat the Austrians with a thousand black men. One thousand. That's it. The Austrians probably had five. But this wouldn't last long. His fame wouldn't last long. One of the people in his regiment who was an ally of General Robespierre, he snitched on Saint-Georges and he lied on him saying that he was doing corruption and he was doing financial mismanagement. And so he was in prison in 1793. Now the scary thing about this is Robespierre was at the point where the people were making decisions to chop people's head off. In the French Revolution, if you were nobility, you got all the money and the, the common people were very poor. And so they hated the noble people, no matter who you were. They hated them. And so he goes and he's in prison in 1793. And while he's in prison, he writes to the general saying, look, I gave my life for this revolution. Like, I'm with y'all. I'm black. I have so many disadvantages. Let me out, please. And he sends the letter, but it's denied because they're like, you're a nobleman. We can't do that. He's in prison, but then luckily, Robespierre falls and they let him out of prison. But he's still in the military, so he goes to Saint Domingue or, or Haiti. And he's there for several years. His daddy, when he died, left a no land in Guadeloupe. He left it to his sister, his white sister, instead. 
And so he don't got no land in, the, in his home. So he's in Haiti and he's watching the slave rebellions in Haiti. But he's seeing that his fellow black troops in the army are fighting against the black slaves in Haiti. And this bothers him. He says, you know what? I can't do this. So he goes back to Paris. So now he's in Paris and he decides, okay, I'm going to get back into uh, composing and conducting. And so he becomes the new director of Le Secret de l'Harmonie. And everybody knew who he was. He was famous. So he's writing music and everybody's loving it. So they're supporting him and doing all of this stuff. And he's living, he's living a, a rather happy life. But then on June 10th, 1799, he dies of a bladder infection. And so that kind of ends like the story and the saga of Joseph Boulogne as far as like his life. But Napoleon was the leader at the time of his death. And he started putting restrictions on blacks in Paris because he wanted to restore slavery. And so he removed his music from all the orchestra repertoires. He was erased from history books and he was lost until 200 years later when they found his music. And that is the story of Le Chevalier de Saint-Georges, also known as Joseph Bolon. This is a man that was very famous, very skilled, very creative, very black and very amazing that was once again trotted under the foot of white supremacy. White supremacy has not been going on since the Jim Crow era and the civil white supremacy has been going on since the beginning of time. White supremacy is something in history that does not need to be ignored because it is ugly it is it is deplorable and it is it is a tool of of the devil quite frankly and we need to understand that history teaches us that we will never succeed as a universe if we continue to allow entities such as white supremacy affect the natural cultures and the and the natural expressions of all the different species of human beings we cannot allow white supremacy to 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 hinder the history of blacks hinder the history of native americans hinder the history of of asians and and of 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 australians and native australians aboriginal australians and and of, of Polynesians and Micronesians, we cannot allow white supremacy to plague history. We cannot allow it. We must know true history. We must know the importance of true history. And we must practice educating ourselves within true history and not the history of white supremacy. We'll be right back to the High History Podcast.
Estamos de vuelta on the High History Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, the Great Stone the Dragon. And it is Weed Talk with the Great Stone Dragon, where we sit around and talk about something weed-related. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about how I hope I don't go to hell because gospel music sounds amazing when you are high. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Gospel music sounds amazing when you're high. I be sitting in the car sometimes and, um, you know, I'm from down south and I like a lot of quartet gospel. You know what I'm saying? So I'm listening to to driving rhythms and and steady pockets and and a really really thumping bass lines and and the guitars like dog what and it's like when you high it's like surround sound so it's like coming in your ears and um you're listening and you're like wow this sounds amazing but then the guy gets to singing and the things he's singing about you you know you kind of understand you know, from maybe when you were a kid, when you was in church, or maybe you know through your through your through your own experiences coming into into Christianity, or through your spiritualist experience, and maybe not necessarily a Christian, but kind of understand what they're saying, and you're listening to the message along with the singing, and you're starting to understand that you know it just kind of I'm not gonna lie, it kind of stirs up the spirit, and. And, you know, sometimes I'll be feeling bad, but then I'll be thinking like, well, if, if if people in other cultures, like if they if they be eating shrooms and like, you know, smoking pio and, and all of this other stuff, you know, before they connect with the spirits, like I wonder, like if you smoke weed, like do it, do it connect you do do it connect you with the Holy Spirit? Like, does it have the potential to be? Because I know when I listen to gospel music, sometimes I be, I be having to almost pull over the car. It's intense. It's really intense. And, you know, I really hope I don't go to hell. You know, I feel like I feel like God put weed on this earth. And and like I said, he he knew what we was going to do with it. You know, he, he made it for something, you know. Yeah, uh, he make look, look, look. Hey, now, I, I just, I just hope that if you're listening to this, you don't think I'm the devil, or if you're listening to this, you don't think I'm blasphemous or, uh, or going to hell. But you know, he, he who have 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 not sinned, cast the first stone. You know, cast the first stone, if you will, because I'm sorry. Gospel music sounds amazing when you high. We'll be right back to the High History Podcast. Once again, thank you for coming to the High History Podcast. And now, Street Poems with the Great Stoned Dragon, a series of poems inspired by the streets, read in poetry style. And now, ass-whooping time. It's time to whoop ass! It's finna go down. 
You swimming with the sharks, but you better not drown. Put down the Glock, but it really don't matter. One swipe and I'll take it from you. Shit ain't sweet. This ain't no cake batter. Use your fist. Be a man. Stop acting like a bitch. You steady watching my hands, but I'm going to hit you with a kick. And if we talking art niece, I might hit you with a stick. Try to catch me in a building. Mush your head in a brick. Execute a block. Hit a wrist lock. Pain running through your body. You was talking shit, but I'm fluent in street karate. Or maybe you thought I was slow and took me for a joke. But nigga, I know some BJJ. You'll meet my triangle choke. So don't get caught slipping because you want to run your mouth. Because it's ass whooping time, my nigga. And I'll knock your black ass out. And that was ass whooping time. Once again, thanks for coming out to the High History Podcast. I am your host, the great stoned dragon. And until next time, stay stoned.